Welcome to For What It's Worth, an introduction and immersion into the furry fandom. This is Rue. I'm Elias. And this is For, For What It's, it's Worth. worth. Yay. You, yeah. Aren't you supposed to say we're the host of For What It's Worth? Oh, something like that. Yeah. But anyways, so today <laughs> we are going to be talking about stereotypes and stereotypes within the fandom. You're a fox. That's the only stereotype you need. But there's so much more than just that. And what is the stereotype about foxes? Or what what is the stereotype about fursuiters? Or we're going to basically be talking about that today. Yes. We and, also have two guests. Um, and why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Yuryu. I'm Christian. And Yuryu, what are you? What is your species? I'm a Vagari Draconum. Which is? It's a form of dragon. Okay. And I'm a Border Collie. Wolf, wolf. Arf, arf. Meow, <laughs> meow. What if, what if we brought, you know, I think that we need to find a sheep persona. I've only met like a few, with. like a couple in my entire experience with. None of them like being herded. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I met a sheep furry, um, and uh, there is some like big confusion between me and her because when, when I talk online, I talk all cutesy and wootsy and cubby or whatever. And so instead of saying that, sometimes I'll say dat, like D-A-T. And uh, so I went and I said, she's like, oh, you're silly or something like that. I'm like... That's me. Um, uh, but she took it as date me. And there was this really big confusion. She's like, but you, have you seen my relationship status? I'm like, no, 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 no. I met that's me. And I think she secretly wanted to date you. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Who wouldn't want to date you? Ow, ow, ow. No, you're not supposed to do that about yourself. That just oh. someone else is supposed to say that. You to you? No, not coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about what's been going on lately. We had a f um, a Utah furries meet. Uh, yeah, we swam, got wet, got we naked. We jumped in the pool nakedly. No, we didn't. Well, depends on your definition of nakedly. Well. We I were was all very naked. Underneath we were, my swimming suit, of course. We were very emotionally exposed. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think of the meet? It was fun. I don't think it was our best, but it was fun. It was definitely a good time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think it was much needed just to cool ourselves off. Just to have a little bit of fun. And then we went to Five Guys. Yeah. And ate them. They were tasty. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't understand. They had they had not just five guys. They also had like like a couple of girls in there, and they didn't even have just five guys. Yeah, it just it didn't make sense. Well, I mean, you go to five guys, assuming that you're going to eat five guys. But the thing is, there's multiple people coming in to eat five guys, so they had to keep a stock of, uh, and there's not enough men in the world to just offer up. So. Unfortunately, Yuryu came in and ate everyone. Uh, there was no one left. And so everyone else kind of starved and they were not happy. We barely escaped with our own lives. We're a giant dragon. I have a big appetite. Can't help it. 
He uh, he killed almost everyone, and we still like invite him over. Yeah. Well, we we have. All I can say is, thank goodness for those stairs. He wasn't able to go down them. <laughs> I told well, you about stairs, that's, bro. That's, that's how we got away. But 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 see, um, we have uh, right now. He's okay because we have something like a chastity belt on him <laughs> that won't let him go into his sixty foot dragon form. So. Oh my. Wait, what does what does what does him transforming into a sixteen foot dragon have to do with chastity? Is it like is it like a is it like a sexual superpower? Like when apparently it is now sexual by transformation. To some people, yeah. But I was just saying a chastity belt like thing. Okay, all right. That just doesn't it was make just, sense. It was just it was just kind of an odd. Uh, it was kind of an odd dot to connect. That's all. Oh, wants me. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd tear me apart man you'd tear me apart yeah he would uh, so I, I think it's about ready for that time cookies moment you've gone first in your segments a lot lately well that's because everybody just wants to hear from me okay so you don't take the initiative out uh, whatever this is a pretty good one. Let's see. It says, you will always be surrounded by true friends with a cookie. In bed. <laughs> or in this case, macaroni and a fortune that you you provided because we had none. What? No, I'm eating a fortune cookie. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't lie to our listeners. They'll find out sooner or later. We just lied to them about killing a bunch of people at Five Guys. Uh... Well, that wasn't a lie. Shh. I told them I was a border collie, but I'm a human being who masquerades as a border collie on the internet. I'm pretty sure that all we've done so far is lie. I, until you brought up the macaroni, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the first one to be honest then. All right. Yes. <laughs> Hope Honesty is the best now. policy. Yuri is actually a dragon, though. I am. Yeah. I'm a dragon. So we'll discuss that later on. But for now, um well, I have a few things that I would like to talk about. Um and give a couple of two cents. Lately I've been seeing um uh, a couple furries. You know, I've been going to conventions and different things like that. And you know, um and I've been running different meets and sometimes there's some fursuiters that automatically um well I don't know. They they tend to do different things. And, and I don't know. It just frustrates me sometimes when I see somebody that is going out on, like, for instance, like they're using the bus. And I don't know. They take the bus by themselves and they don't have a handler with them or anybody with them. Or I see somebody that or I hear that somebody just got their fursuit. And so the first thing that they've done is they went out you know, in the city and just went and walked around with people. Downtown city. Yeah, downtown or or different things like that. And it's their very first time going out or they're, they go on a train or they're going to the zoo by themselves and they don't have anybody else that, that is there to support them or help them out. Or at least they don't, from what we can tell, don't have it because we weren't there and what we've heard. So from what but from what we could tell. So I've written 
written out this post and later on you'll see it out on our blog um so if, if you want to when it's set up in time yeah <clears throat> well here's a couple points that i had and here's my two cents about first shooting always have a handler you may think that you're all powerful and that you can take care of yourself but not having a handler is neglecting your responsibility as a first shooter yourself and to the public by not having a handler, you are basically asking for people that do not know you to be responsible for you. How quick do you think someone that, that does not know you will help you? If someone attacks you or if children are being too hard on your suit, what happens if a child or an adult claims that you have touched them in an inappropriate way? Who is going to be? Who is going to believe or trust somebody that's in a mask? It is always important to have backup when working with the public for your safety. Number two, water. Drink it and have it. Take the model from the Boy Scouts. Be prepared. You are. You have a responsibility to take care of yourself. Never go fursuiting without water. Don't expect that water will rain down from the skies when you need it. Have water in, let's see, have water on your handler and drink often. On that note, I could just imagine like these fursuiters just like raising their heads to the skies with, and like tearing their mouth open to get water and kind of like turkeys do and drown themselves. That, that I was, was thinking we, the same thing. We random. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like my second or third time out fursuiting. I did not have enough water, and I had to get out of get my head off really quick and sit down. It was bad. Well, but I know for you, like whenever you go fursuiting, you're you, you always have water yeah. with you now. Yeah, I had that bottle even then, but you have I didn't a drink from fucking it. metro ton of water with you. I do, it's but doesn't it seem though when we go to these meets? And it seems like the only two people that have water is me and you. Yeah. And that's it. I usually bring water. Well, now that you're a fursuiter, but you have, you still have a fursuiter. How many beats have you been fursuiting at? Like three. <laughs> yeah, but how many have you been out, you know, in the hot, hot sun? Not, not very many yet. You'll get the experience. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's super important to make sure that you um, drink water. If your pee is not dark enough, if it's like apple juice, then you're not getting a wa enough water in that your body needs. And if it's like grape juice, see a doctor. <laughs> That's serious right there. Do not be tempted to drink. And if it's like Blue Mountain Dew, then you really need to see the doctor. Yeah, don't be tempted to drink. You know, no, you know what? Don't go to the doctor. Just go to the emergency room. <laughs> if your pee can be acidic and eat through clothes, then you probably need to... If your pee happens to catch people on fire. <laughs> Rue, you need to drink more water. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually be a superpower. Oh. Like... Yeah. It is my superpower. Yeah. I don't know if I've told anybody on the podcast, well, have I? Refinish reading your post, then you can like explain your story. Okay, all right. Your, your people. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the story fire. right now, and then all we'll right. go back to the post. Whatever. You all right. Like. So here's the story. I had this guy that was on the internet, and he was like, "I'm a Pokemon. I can do anything. I'm amazing. I can fly. I can I can shoot." 
um, ice from my hands and yeah, I'm a Pokemon. I can do whatever and I can evolve it. Anyway, so what um, I what I did is I just chatted Pokemon, back and I said, I well, can fit into tiny balls. That was very great. Silence of the lambs. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Oh. It's not very unique. All of us fit in tiny balls at one point. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and you know, going by some art that you can find, some people do it again later. <laughs> Anyways, needless to say, so like for for myself, I, I mean, so he was he was um basically quoting like all of his different powers and I was just like, well, you know, I can pee fire. You know, it was just a random thing and like the whole chat room just went completely silent and he didn't see anything after that. <laughs> it completely stopped him in that um in his tracks. And so from now on, um Rue has been known to be able to pee fire. That's his special ability. I actually want to get um you know, if one of our listeners want to do this for me, I would be most appreciative. What I want to do is I want to get a picture of my fursona. And you, you know how trucks have like the Calvin and Hobbes boy? Is that Hobbes or Calvin? Uh, I can't remember. Calvin. Calvin. Calvin is the blonde haired kid who pees on things. Yeah. Calvin is peeing on like Ford or peeing on, you know, something like that. I want my fursona to look exactly like that particular um particular picture except you know it's a a fox and he's peeing on um a house or whatever that's a flame <laughs> i could just I, I could just imagine because after a while started that i'm like well i need you know someone in this relationship needs to control his fire so i'm like i pee ice and so i could just imagine, he just copied me i i did i did but i could just imagine our personas peeing and crossing the stream and this huge explosion <laughs> in the middle <laughs> Don't cross the streams. Some of our listeners are probably very turned on right now. <laughs> probably. And By the some way, of like, them have you, already stopped the podcast. UP fire and UP ice. So like, uh, how how does this all work out on like drug test day? Or, <laughs> like, it doesn't. They don't get like, tested anymore. <laughs> so we need we need one of you to um to pee air. Okay, and, and we need another person to pee love, and then we can call upon Captain Planet. <laughs> oh wait, no, but somebody needs to pee Earth as well. That's what it is. We can get oh, gosh, like space. We, yeah, space, space will pee Earth. <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll then we'll be good. Captain Planet. I think I think that sounds like a nightmare. Like, <laughs> in order to summon Captain Planet, we all have to like cross the streams at the same time. And in the middle, like Captain Planet will just emerge from the waterfall of pee. <laughs> With our powers combined, this is really Captain weird. Captain Planet. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think this is like a, a double tangent now. Uh, let's okay. slowly work our way back. Well, I'll just go back to reading. So we were talking about P. Okay. All right. Also, it's a great idea to drink some Powerade afterward. Um, it helps to put some electrolytes back into your body after you've suited. It's extremely important to be able to to put those electrolytes back into your body. That will help. If you ever get dizzy, 
like right after first shooting, this is what will help you to make it so that you are not dizzy. Um, and faster yeah. recovery. Yep. Yeah, I've gone first shooting also before. Make Captain Planet stronger. <laughs> That's an old joke now. It has electrolytes. That's what plants crave. <laughs> okay, number three. Don't kill the magic. Some might roll their eyes at this, but when even, let's see, but why even suit if you're going to destroy the reason why you suit? Why most people suit is to have a good time being who they feel, feel they are or and who they would like up. to be. You are putting on your persona and telling the world to look at you. See me through my eyes. Why would you welcome people to your world and then ruin their imagination by popping your head in the middle of public? It's like telling a child that Santa Claus isn't real. What if Disney at Disneyland, Mickey and Minnie had their hands, I mean hands, heads off walking around the park? Would it be as magical? That depends. Are they carrying them on a pike? <laughs> Maybe they could enhance the magic by like turning their heads 360 degrees. <laughs> Think about how many children would be like, no, Mickey! It's dark magic. <laughs> well, see, I know there's some Disney characters that they would be like, yay! Like the villain from Aladdin just... Or have him on the pike, and people are like, "Yay, Aladdin!" I don't, I don't think, I don't think the person who dresses up like the villain from Aladdin wears a head. Like, like could you imagine if, like, all of the Disney princesses were giant plastic heads? Disneyland. No, they're so-called face characters. Yeah. We could still take off their heads and put them on we pike. Could. <laughs> there wouldn't be anything underneath. The magic, the magic would not be harmed. Just um. Wow. <laughs> but anyways, I think you guys at home get the point. Don't kill the magic because I mean seriously, it's you know. Don't kill the magic, just person. And remember, just because there's two Mickey Mouses wandering around at the same time, that doesn't mean there's actually two Mickeys. You have to remember, he's a sorcerer. So he can yeah, pop yeah, anyway. He can clone himself. Yeah. Seriously. So when you're going around, I understand that you get hot, and that's why you're supposed to be drinking water, and you have water with you so that you can keep yourself cool. Um, also, you know, think about getting some sort of, like... Um, Oh, body armor. That will help you keep cool as well. Of course, if you're about ready, like if you feel like you're about ready to throw up and pass out, it's far better for your safety. You know, you don't want to be like, I don't want to kill the magic, and then you end up dying because you're going to end up killing the magic anyway when the paramedics come and rip off your fursuit. And if you're going to throw, if you're going to throw up and pass out, don't do it around children. Yeah. <laughs> the paramedics will cut your fursuit off of you. So seriously, take care of yourself. Yeah. Yes. So find a place. Like if you're going to go to a park, find a place. Like go to a bathroom, take off your head there, or go back to your car and take your head off at the car. You know, stuff like that. Make sure that you're not just pulling it off in public. You know, I just, re I mean, I realized this a while ago, but by you saying take your head off, only furries would really understand that or people 
you know, like if your mom who hasn't known anything about it says, I got to go take my head off. What would she think? <laughs> like, wait, what? Oh, well, to start, you would be wearing your costume. If, <laughs> like, you, you, you're never out of suit and you say, I need to go pull my head off because that would imply putting it on first, right? Well, okay. All but right, but you say that, um, you do say that you need to put your head on. Right. I need to go put my head on. I mean, it's like, oh, okay, are you going to be smart now? <laughs> no, no. I have my brain in my pocket. Anyways, I'm going to push through the rest of this. Put my friend's piece on. <laughs> Don't ruin it for others. By, let's say, by you being an idiot to the public and not following these simple rules, um, it ruins it for other suitors. What if you went into a public park and started throwing kids off the swings <laughs> and you end up getting kicked out of the park? What do you think would happen when the next first shooter comes to the park? They more than likely will not be welcome. Number five, have fun. Don't be a lifeless first shooter. Be sure that you, you are having a good time. What but also make sure that the ones that are around you are also having a good time too. What if, what if your idea of a good time is throwing kids off the swing set and they have fun being thrown off the swing set? So there you have it, my little rant. You don't, I don't feel like these things are too hard to follow. If you have, yeah. So those are just a couple of things that I recommend. You know, I talk about fursuiting. I've probably talked about these things 10 times over, but you know what? You need to hear it because, I mean, they're very important to follow by. I remember when I first suited for my brother, so I picked one up and I held him upside down. That was a very bad thing to do. I was very upset. They're my brothers, though. And then you dropped him on his head. Lightly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever pick up children when you're in pursuit or hold a baby. Yeah. Or eat a baby for your you over here. But they're so Joy. delicious. They're crunchy on the inside, soft on the outside. And they taste good with ketchup. <laughs> Anyways, that was my moment. This is my moment. My moment. Right? How come Rebecca Plack has invaded our podcast? Everybody turn off the podcast now. And regain your sanity. All right, go ahead. Um. Yeah, so uh, I just really... Recently, uh, finished up a school project, uh, directing a video. Well, not really a director. Um, well, kind of, yes, and both. Um, it, we were supposed to do it, you know, traditional Hollywood by the books. So we have a director, director of photography, um, script supervisor, first assistant director, and all that. And that was the director of photography. Um, usually we don't, you know, actually shoot the cameras that's up to the first like the cameraman um but th in this case you know i i shot the cameras and it was pretty cool um i got some experience learning uh you know what good uh composing uh, what what are good composed frames and what aren't because i shot like probably an equal batchful i shot you know i planned out and shot some really awesome looking frames um and then i shot some just 
absolutely terrible looking frames, but we were already on a deadline and uh, we had already been shooting for like nine hours and everyone was just like, we don't want to reshoot. Let's just be done with it. Um, so it was really cool. Um, uh, there are a few things. Uh, if you're going to ever do a short movie, one of the biggest things you can do is the establishing shot. Now, an establishing shot kind of just shows the people where they're actually at. You know, if they're going to be, if you're going to be inside a restaurant, maybe you want to just kind of like show the restaurant first. And that's the establishing shot. And that was the one thing that my movie, or not my movie, but the movie we were doing uh, was missing, was no establishing shot. So it really impacted the quality. And uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much uh, all I have today to say. I will make, you know, I will say this. If you're going to be doing any serious filming, make sure the uh, video outputs are compatible with the program you're using. I ran into that problem because we were using Final Cut Pro and the cameras provided by the class recorded in a .mts format, which is the new highly compressed HDV video format, whatever. And, you know, you can get good quality with those. But I tried importing into Final Cut Pro and they weren't compatible. So all the video clips that we did, and there were like, I think 120, 140, I had to go and I had to import them into a converter and convert them to a different format. And I tried, you know, the QuickTime movies, the MP4, everything. Finally, the only thing that worked was the MPEG Blu-ray uh, codec, which is M2V. And New Year is just kind of like, just gone whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Everything just gone over the head. I think I got most of it. Yeah. That's good. Um, and it worked on my computer, but when I gave the footage to my um, partners because we were doing our own edits, the computers that they were editing on didn't play the video so well and they couldn't edit it. So it, we just ran into a lot of trouble. So just make sure that the, out, that the, the exact output of your camera can actually work with the program you're editing with. Or find a converter. Don't worry about converter. That that's it. It was too much worth or hassle. Well, if you've already recorded it, well, if you've already recorded it, then the, yeah, you have to convert it. But if you're like going out and buying a camera, make sure the output files already work with the program that you have. That's good suggestions. Do it right the first time. Yes. All right. Well, anything that our guests want to say, as far as what's been going on with their lives. I don't know. My life's pretty boring. I'm just a dragon. I do dragony things. Like still princesses? All the time, you know. I have a cage back in my lair. Those damn dragons. Just waiting for those ransoms to come in. You must be rolling in the dough, man. I think you're in, like, partnership with Bowser, aren't you? No, he has his own princess. They have a thing going on on the side. Mario doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Bowser is just a fursuiter, don't you know? No, he's not. Peaches into that. <laughs> uh, Christian? This is the most exciting thing I've done in a really long time. Um, I don't know. I'm getting really close to 1,000 followers on Twitter. That's the only thing. 
but it's awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's probably like uh, it's probably I, I think I've got 976 followers, which is probably 975 bots and a <laughs> follower. Like <laughs> mostly bots, I think. I don't know, maybe not, but it seems like a lot of bots are following me, and they're definitely helping those numbers. So if our viewers want to follow you, what do they need to search? Uh, it's at Christian Colley. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-C-O-L-L-I-E. No spaces, no underscores. Uh, but, you know, don't... I'm not trying to whore myself out or anything because you might not think my Twitter... Uh, my, you might not think my feed is very interesting. It's very witty, though, I must say. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> And I think you have more than one follower because I follow you and Rue follows you. Uh, yeah, so. so you have two. At, at least two. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's about time to go to musical break. Yep. Um, enjoy this song, guys. We'll see you on the flip side. everybody this is for what it's worth yeah Yay. hope you like that song Yay. it was it was awesome and it was predetermined beforehand wasn't it yeah you were all listening to it, it awesome. so today's topic we're going to be talking about stereotypes not only are we going to be talking about the species um stereotypes that we've we've evolved within the fandom but we're also going to first be talking about um stereotypes of what people have have claimed that this is what furries are, what society has claimed. Um, and so first, we're, we need to uh, examine what exactly a stereotype is. And I have that definition. A stereotype is a process now often replaced by more advanced methods for making mental printing plates by taking them... Yeah, that's not the stereotype we're talking about. You're a stereotype. <laughs> Um, the stereotype that we're talking about is a simplified and standardized conception or image invested with a special meaning and held in common by members of a group. So I want you to keep in mind with when we read these off, you know, don't necessarily be like, oh, my gosh, outright offended and stuff like that, because that might not necessarily be true for you, but it might be true for another person. Yes. Um, and you've heard me say this somewhere before. All, you know, all stereotypes have a little bit of truth to them. And I would honestly be a little bit surprised if it was like your first time hearing any of these things. Yeah. 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 They're pretty common. Unless this is your first day being a furry, then here you go. You're a- if this is your first day being a furry, what are you doing listening to our podcast? You should be like, <laughs> go back to the first one. <laughs> there you go. But welcome. I'm. I'm glad you're here. 
<laughs> so I want you to go ahead and read, if you don't mind, um, where it starts on furry stereotypes, like furry fandom members. So what we're reading is we're reading the wiki fur definition of stereotypes. So it's furry stereotypes. So if you want to look up that page, we'll, we'll have it in the show notes. You can um, follow along with us yes. so that you can see we're not making this up. Go ahead. We're, we're prone to do that. Furry fandom member demographics have traditionally mixed with the words of science fiction, fantasy, computing, and video gaming. The stereotype of the furry fan or furry artist often bears a close resemblance to the stereotype of the nerd and or geek. A hairy, overweight, usually male, often unwashed, and living in his parents' basement while surfing for pornography on the internet. I think that pretty much describes all of us. Basically, uh, like... <laughs> no. Furry... Yeah, it, no. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically a description of, like, the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sounds pretty accurate. It's the stereotype. I don't know. You're pretty hairy. You have a beard. Yeah, I'm scruffy. And uh, we're all bigger. And we're all male. I was in denial about it. Yeah, I'm only now. usually male. <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't think any of us live in our parents' basement. No, I don't live in my parents' basement. Do you live with your parents? I, I do live with my parents until I can afford to buy my own place. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I, I've been saving up. I'll get there eventually. But the the thing is, like, you've got, like, a job. Yeah, exactly. And, I have a like, job. You, you're not, you're not a, you're definitely not, like, a basement dweller. Yeah. You're not. I don't fit that stereotype. You're not, you're not the stereotypical lives, lives with his mom. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't have a job at McDonald's flipping patties. You actually have a real awesome actually worth something job yeah i get paid real money not this whatever you get at mcdonald's i don't get paid at mcdonald's food if you can call it that i like this little picture that's in the side we'll have to put that in the the show notes but it's um it's a typical furry that's what it's called furry fan i love how like in the picture he has a boner he yeah, does he does Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't even see that. <laughs> but he has like a fox like on his shoulder and then he's like petting a real raccoon and he has a tail and his shirt is like his belly is going out from his shirt and then he's like wearing like these fox slippers. I don't know. That just seems more like a typical redneck to me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like this is what I got from hunting. Next I'm going to. This is my this kitty. Raccoon. I call I, I call him Sparkles. <laughs> my issue with the stereotype is that I don't I don't think I've met one of these people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not one where all of them are combined. I mean, I met people where they have some traits, but not like all of them at the same time in one crazy blob. Yeah, like I'm. I I feel like I feel like for. I don't know. I feel like this page should, should say something about furries maybe being like uh, dramatic or like socially deficient. Maybe we can edit uh, it. <laughs> actually, yeah, we can. This is a wiki, isn't it? it we, is. could, we could. Yeah. Now uh, we'll just put like uh, on the top. Every furry loves cock. 
we can just erase the entire page. And <laughs> you see, that's what we need, is drama on the page to show that furries cause drama. <laughs> well, we have It will say, it will say in large text, it will say, every furry loves cock, and in very small text beneath it, it will say, is a stereotype. <laughs> All right, Erie, do you want to read the next paragraph? The particulars of furry fandom and culture involve fewer common interests and what outsiders frequently consider strange, unusual, or bizarre takes on the wider fantasy and funny animal genre. This has led to the furry stereotype being presented as much more extreme than typical geeks. For example, one list of some extra stereotypical points that have often been attached to furry fandom would paint most furries, furries as large list of stuff we're going to go over slowly. <laughs> So, do you want to go ahead and give that to Christian? He'll read some of those. Oh, boy. So, we're going to start with the furry fandom. All right. Bullet point one. The furry fandom is not an established culture like anime or science fiction. <laughs> uh, I have a... I, I feel kind of... I feel kind of iffy about calling anime or science fiction like an established culture. That's... I really don't think that it's. I think I think it's almost opposite to me. It's a counterculture I, movement or something. Yeah, I would say it's a subculture more more than anime or science fiction. I mean, like I think I think the furry fandom has maybe like two degrees of separation. Like I think that everyone knows someone who knows everyone else in the furry fandom. Like, you know, we and and we we've got we've got alternate deviant behaviors that. Uh, that are acceptable to each other, but not, you know, generally practiced outside. Like I don't know. Like in general, I think it has it has like all of the all of the makings of a subculture or a counterculture, like you said. I I've described it as an art movement in the past, which I think makes perfect sense. All right. Well, there are a lot of bullet points, so we should move on. Uh, <laughs> the furry fandom is not nor nor ever will be a mainstream culture, and I pray to God that this one is true. Yeah. I have nightmares where, like, Glee gets, like, oh, a, a character who's a furry. Oh, God. And then everyone's like, it's cool to be a furry. And then I we get, like, all, like, those queens. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine, like, we go to a furry con, you know, and they're all, like, I, I don't know, we're just doing something. And all of a sudden, like, these Glee tarts come out and just start breaking out like, in yep, song. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> it's great to be a furry because Glee had it on its show. I think that that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I'll be honest. I no, I would I would get the fuck. I don't want to I don't want to be associated okay. with those types of people. Now we need to flash mob something like that in pursuit. <laughs> we we are already we're already sharing Furcon with like cheerleaders. Uh, I, for those that went to um for I mean for, for FC we we were we were sharing the convention center with another group. I heard that they dress up as cheerleaders and have sex. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, the furry fandom is at best a subculture. That's kind of redundant because we just barely talked about that. So let's not go on. The furry fandom is a sick fetish in general and or a pathway to anthrop uh, to anthropomorphic paraphernalias. Um. Yeah, I, that's 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 kind yeah. of that's I don't know that's not objective necessarily. Uh, Personally, I think that this person that wrote this article didn't like furries. Probably not. Um, I I I agree that maybe that's 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 a stereotype. That's true. It's not. I don't know. 
I can definitely see how some people may see that. I mean, like, let's let's give our story. Like, this last weekend, um, oh. me and Elle went fursuiting, and we went to a, um, a cafe. And it, we had a handler. Yes, we did. We had somebody there to help us out, but... Um, but we went into the cafe. We, of course, had permission to go in by the owner. And, um, you know, I sat really down with it. some families and had fun with them. I grabbed some of their forks and pretend like I'm ready to eat. And then I started getting, like, the ketchup packets and, like, the syrup bottles and, like, putting it on everybody's hands. You know, not not like the syrup and stuff like that. Like the bottles. <laughs> And having the whole Here, family. Have some syrup. Like holding the sugar packets in their hands and stuff like that. Hey, you're going to taste better with sugar. No. But anyways, I was having fun with them. I took some pictures and, you know, I went and sat down at another booth and interacted with them for a little bit. And everybody was okay except this one outspoken girl that wanted absolutely nothing to do she was disgusted she gave us what did she say exactly she was just like that's gross i am absolutely disgusted right now i know what they do so there are people out there that think that we are you know what what i don't get is how does she know that we were even furries because for all she knew is we could have been paid professional mascots for the owner to test out because she wanted to have a mascot mascots for her business so we could have been paid professionals that do this for a career and not you know in why would that be gross if we're making money off just dressing up because basketball mascots high school mascots Oh, don't you know they have sex too? Oh, oh okay. yeah. With the cheerleaders. Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah. Especially with okay. the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders are all over them. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, That's why people do it. Oh. Man, if I would have known that, I would have been a mascot during high school. Except my mascot was a lame. It was still human. It was a minor. Had a pickaxe and everything. <laughs> so let's move on to appearances. All right. Um, we kind of discussed this earlier to some, to some degree. Uh, Appearances or orientation, furries are overweight or dangerously underweight. Uh, yeah, that's everybody else too. I would say. Yeah. Like, are we? Uh, what? What's like? What's the? What's the alternative? Like, ridiculously photogenic guy or like? BMI. You're everybody is obese according to the BMI. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You're either a twig and you're okay on the BMI, or you're not a twig and you're obese. Yeah. You're ridiculously medium weight. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just a concept, you know, belt because it's true of everyone in the society now. Everybody fits one of those two things. So yeah. personally, I think that those those two points are completely invalid. Oh yeah. Um, extremely old. Where did they get this one from? Yeah. I, I don't. I like. I've met some extremely old furries, and I've met they're like, kind of. I don't know. They're kind of cool, but I've not, met they're not shoes. Why? Like, I've met like. Two gray muzzle furries. The rest of the furries I know are like college students. And some like some of them are kind of old. Like I don't know, in their forties or fifties, but none of them are extremely old. Like when I think extremely old, I'm thinking like rest home age. Like they have to eat their food 
uh, after it's been like blended into some type of uh, I slurry. No, maybe like this that. was written by a 16 year old that thinks like a 25 year old is extremely old. I'm old. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, if any of you are listening to this uh, to this podcast and you think that we're extremely old, then uh, just. In 50 years, you'll be as extremely old as we are. You'll it's... be more extremely old than we are. Do you right know now. how old Rue is? All of you are going to think that Rue is like so old now. I'm 27. I'm You're ancient. I know. I'm so I, I, old. I, 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 apparently, I still fit the extremely old because I'm, you know, I'm 19 and that's yeah. really old. Yeah. All right. Uh, jailbait is the next <laughs> item on the list. <laughs> okay, so I think it wasn't done by a 16-year-old. So maybe 19. So oh, basically, so basically, so what we've got here is we've got overweight, dangerously underweight, extremely old jailbait. We are describing every single <laughs> minority. Uh, We're the like... way, I mean, the way they have to be coming up with this extremely old, and it is everybody. <laughs> the stereotypical furry is of a certain weight and of a certain age. <laughs> and, <laughs> and of, and of w- w- one or more certain uh, sexual preferences. <laughs> that's what this list is describing. I don't, I don't know. Uh, all right. The stereotypical furry is your average person. <gasps> oh my goodness. All right. So the next item on the list is uh, usually homely or ugly. I don't think that's true. I think that's just completely objective. Because if you're like this very muscular jock, the pinnacle of beauty... Then obviously you're gonna see everyone else's in fem- not obviously, but in a lot of cases you're gonna see everyone else as fem- inferior in looks. But if you know, but if you're ugly and you see someone that you know would be considered ugly too, you might think they're beautiful because oh hey, because you have that. Standard. You have a normal perception of beauty. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that's just way way objective. I think I've met some pretty adorable furries. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. have I. Uh, so, <laughs> there you go. Um, and this last one is gay, bisexual, and or transgender. I think I think we deserve that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, there are a good number of straight furries as well, but I, I would say that on average, for some reason, and I... I can't even begin to understand why uh, the the average number of gays, bisexuals, and transgenders within the furry fandom has got to be at least a little bit higher than uh, than everyone else. I right. think it's because that we are accepting of what other people are. We're more open about it. We draw more porn. <laughs> <laughs> I also think a lot of it is there's these furries that are teenagers because... Um, I think the furry fandom is mostly based in the younger generations, the 16, 17 college students. And they really haven't traveled out of their bounds, like whether they're not, whether they're gay or not. And they just had this one perception, oh, okay, whatever, you know, I'm straight, whatever. They've never really questioned it before. Then I look at the furry porn, and it's two males going at it. And they say, oh, wow, 
this really drawn, you know, nicely, you know, this art I like, so therefore I must be gay. But really, in you know, in all reactionality, they just really, really like the art that was drawn. Because I've known some straight people who are actually straight who like gay furry porn because it's drawn for that. You know, it's drawn to essentially perfection. Why do you think that we have more gay furry porn then? Because there are more gay furries than straight. That's probably Maybe it's because the, the people that prefer the gay porn are the ones that actually have money to commission it. But then, like, <laughs> is there is there really more gay furry porn than straight furry porn? Because I definitely stumbled across, you know, substantial amounts of both. It's hard to... I, I really do think it's just, like, equal amounts. Yeah, it's just... That's, and that's 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 what's that's what's unusual about it is that there isn't equal amounts of that you know anywhere else. Yeah, uh, it's usually just like straight porn. Yeah, like on on television, you know, like in in commercials and like in movies, uh, females are hypersexualized. That's uh, just the the regular thing. So, uh, and then the furry fandom, they're both equally high, hypersexual. All right. Well, this list is massive, so let's keep going. Okay. Um, social interactive, so, social interaction. Sorry. Uh, fanboy behavior. All furries. Sure. That's everybody again. Uh, yeah. There, there you go. Um, uh, misanthropic. I, I'm guessing by that they mean like. Uh, what is misanthropic? Um, oh, a generalized dislike, distrust, disgust. Or of concept or hatred of the human species or human nature. <laughs> I like humans. They taste great. <laughs> um, I think I think uh, misanthropy and cynicism. Uh, it it goes it goes hand in hand with uh, with you know like being being a thinker or uh, you know like on on the internet. Uh, you know, people who spend a lot of time on the internet get exposed a lot to like uh, the the news that uh, that expresses the you know the the worst of humanity, and uh, I can understand how some bad blood could could come from something like that. Socially inept. That's the next item on the list. I I, I can see yeah, that. I can see I've that. seen that in a, you know quite a few furries, but. I could definitely say that not all furries. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I'd say a lot are so totally socially inept. I think a lot are just socially stunted. Maybe because, you know, they had, they, they felt furry and had that kind of thing when they were younger and people recognized it and were like, that's weird. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. And so they didn't get the social interaction they needed when they were younger, which kind of stunted their social growth. I know that happened to me. Yeah, so. that definitely makes sense. Unpopular. Unpopular. Um, I don't even know what that means. Really. I mean, uh, who's who's who would be popular? Like popular to who exactly? Yeah, I get that's again one of those totally objective yeah. relative things. It's like subjective relative, but yeah, yeah, subjective. There you go. I mean, I I feel like I'm popular because you know I feel like I have a lot of friends, but then. Someone else who looks at that and say, "Oh, you have, you know, only these, you know, fifty or whatever furry friends, but I'm the prom prom queen at high school." And you know, again, it just depends on how you're viewing it. 
see uneducated still holding a low prestige, prestige job, job. Yeah. and then the next one is educated so there you go uh, but educated but still holding a low prestige job furries are of a certain education yeah <laughs> and all, all we need to do like, uncle Kalke, he's a chemist yeah. you don't get a chemist that's low prestige yeah, I, well yeah but that's that's one person um yeah yeah i have a bachelor in science for computer science i'm working on a bachelor's yeah. in internet technologies yeah, I, I write android and iphone apps granted it's not like wow you're having such a high level job and all that it's entry level i'm 24 <laughs> so i really wouldn't expect me to have one of these high prestigious jobs at this point you know, but they're I'll just expecting there. everyone to have, like, be CEO of their own company. Yeah. Of course, I can't see a lot of people being CEO. A lot of CEOs, I can't see being CEOs. People who are, people who have high prestige jobs aren't into furries. They're into boats and paintings of horses. <laughs> <laughs> they like My Little Pony. No. Do they? They have painting of horses. All right, so... Uh, Talk about stereotypes. Um, <laughs> okay, moving on. Relationships. There is no furry on furry normal relationships just for love. That's a weird one. I think, I think a sixteen-year-old probably put that one into. No offense to sixteen-year-olds. I'm sure some of you are very great and very intelligent people. Just saying. No, absolutely that seems, that everything. Seems, that seems kind of. That seems kind of uninformed to me. So, so what they're saying that furry on furry relationships is just like for sex. That's what I'm getting from I don't, I don't think that's a stereotype, though, because I've never heard that before in my life. You know, I, I don't, don't know. need to have a relationship with another furry to have sex. Okay. I'm sure all three of the other people here in the room <laughs> could attest. If I wanted sex, all I'd have to do is go to a gay bar on Fair Night. Or right here, right now. Yeah. Let's cut to let's cut to a song break and we'll be right. <laughs> but no, we're all uh, furries, so, yeah, so that, that doesn't fight the stereotype because we're all furries. Hey uh, guys, guys, I quit the fandom. I'm not a furry anymore. Okay, oh yeah. hell. Let's <laughs> let's address these next two at once. There are no straight relationships in the fandom, and there are no married couples in the fandom. Wow. Nope. Yeah, nope <laughs> neither of those are neither of those are true. I have met I've met a good deal of married furries, and some of them are obnoxious couples. Uh, so I know that they exist. Um, I know several couples. Straight relationships. Uh, yeah, same, Again, same no. deal. Uh, and w w what I want to make a point is, since when does marriage measure the the how good your relationship is? I mean, you can still be with someone and not be married and still have a but completely loving society, situation. But by society, that is what they are saying, that they have a good relationship because they have made that promise to each other to be together still but and we need so, to break that well it's, it's a it's a social convention you know and and like some people say the same things about like monogamy and i'm a fan of monogamy but you know like uh marriage is is a is a social convention that that i don't think it makes that much sense because no one else in the animal kingdom does it uh well that's not entirely true there's like a species of earthworm but that's because when they have sex, they actually fuse together. So there's nothing better they can do after that. <laughs> Could you imagine? Let's what if have sex? <laughs> we are one. So it's like so. So uh, what happens in a three-way? Oh, like, all right. 
So, uh, moving on. Uh, married furry couples are all childrenless, ch- childless, not childrenless. That's not a word. Childless due to problems slash genetics. I've never heard that stereotype. Neither have I. That's kind of radical. I don't. I, know, I, I, I think that. I think that's a stereotype of people. I think that's. I think that's a stereotype yeah. of like. Uh, of like people who are like brother and sister who have sex. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You know, not not furries. That's weird. All right, next, uh, married furry couples' kids are all brats. That's all kids. All yeah, ki- yeah, every all kids kid is brats. a brat. <laughs> you can no longer punish your kids in the U.S. It has been legislated away from you. Where where are these stereotypes coming from? I have like, no I've idea. Never, I've never heard most of these. <laughs> all right, uh, and you know, maybe it's underexposure. Maybe all these things have been floating around for a long time, and I've just been ignorant of it. But all right, the next one is about females. There are no females in the fandom. I'd say half of. Them. People in the fandom I know around here, at least, are female. Yeah, there's a lot um, of females. Yeah. You just need Although, to look for them. It does. It does seem like, like you know, on on Twitter and for affinity, the the vast majority of uh, of uh, the people there are, are male. But and, and though, if, yeah, I but, agree. But, but let's look at like like popular artists are almost always female. Much, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Which I actually, definitely I think agree. Goes into the next point. Mm-hmm. No female artists in the fandom. What? <laughs> I know. Who wrote this? <laughs> this much, needs to be edited and changed. Pretty much every artist I have commissioned are female. Has been female. I can name two female artists right now: Inuki and Marcy. Uh, and then I can name two more: Blotch. Yeah, there you go. Blotch. Um, Those are actually two females yeah. that compose we, Blotch. Uh, yeah. The I I think most of the very talented artists, and that's I think that should be another stereotype. Is that is that only female artists are talented in the fandom. Because <laughs> uh, that's, that's been my impression so far. And that so might far. be closer yeah. to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's next. not very many very, very successful male um, artists. No, not really. Not that I know of. Uh, I, I did meet one guy at FurCon. He said he sold furry porn to Weird Al. Uh, that, I don't know if that's true, but he said that he, said that he did. And so, well, there's, know, that's, there, there that's, I would consider that a success. Artists, like yeah. Zosh. Yeah, there's there's a few there's a few popular uh, Rainforest last year. The one of the guests of honor was an artist and male. So yeah, yeah. they're out there, but it seems like females are more prevalent in that area. All yeah. right, next uh, next bullet point: all females are fat and ugly. No, no, females, please do not listen to this. <laughs> most oh, most uh, of these are most of ours are extremely like within our group. They're skinny. Like super. Mm. Skinny. I mean, it, even if, even if they're not super skinny, the, you know they're still attractive. Like they're not like these five hundred pound bra. You know, yeah, they're bigger, but you can still look at them and say, "Wow, she's cute." But I but, can appreciate her beauty. But that brings us into the next point: all females are flat as a board and waifs. <laughs> okay, if you're female furries are of a certain weight. <laughs> okay, that doesn't make sense because for what my I've noticed if. If the, if the fatter you are, the bigger boobs you have. That's because your breasts are all fat. So you can't be extremely overweight and fat and ugly and have no boobs. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Let's move on. All to right, the next that's one. that. Uh, all right. Uh, now that we've we've gone past that intelligent discourse, all females <laughs> are lesbians in the fandom. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've, I've met a good deal of lesbians don't in the fandom. Don't we all wish? Uh, I don't think, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the, 
if we look at the ratios uh, to men versus gay men in the fandom and women versus gay women in the fandom, uh, well, I don't know. I think that I think that there's probably a higher ratio of gay men compared yeah. to men. Looking as at gay this women. way, if all women in the fandom were lesbians, we'd have a lot more men in the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> you go. That's. The fandom wouldn't be more, so... Aw- oh, yeah, we'd have a lot more like, straight men in the fandom, too. <laughs> like, oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, next. All females are really men to pre- pretending to be females? What? <laughs> oh, oh, like on the internet. Like, the like internet. <laughs> No, I've heard I've heard that of, uh, of not not only furries, but just like people who, who do like, uh, like sex ventures on the internet. Online. There you go. <laughs> the rules of the internet. All, all internet females are actually men pretending to be females. All right. All right. Next is artists unable to draw to the same skill level as non-furry artists. I right no. now blotch. I, I mean, they may not be able to draw like humans, but because that's a different skill set. And I don't, I haven't seen any human art. I'm sure they can still draw that amazingly well. But like, if you look just not even at the like the anthro characters, and you just like at at the backgrounds, the trees, the sky, the yeah. mountains, they're all beautifully done. Um, I think we need to consider like uh, like anime artists. Like if we look at like go to like DeviantArt, uh, just I don't know. Like look at look at submissions there, and you'll see just how terrible the artists are uh, who aren't furries, and you'll know that there are just terrible artists on the internet everywhere. I, I love right, this next one: art of the pornographic nature only. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All furry all furry art is porn. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We have twelve pictures hanging up in the living room. That all porn apparently. <laughs> all porn, um, yeah. You've just strategically hidden the penises. I I see. So that fox kissing the other fox there? That's pornographic? Tongue sex. <laughs> okay. So that fo- that fox and snow leopard that's underneath the umbrella, what's that? There's something going on behind their legs. <laughs> what about that guy that's just sitting there, like, looking depressed? He's not really looking He's... depressed. Oh. He's hard at work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There you go. All right. I guess um... we've just proven that one to be true. Here we go. Uh... Next, we've got cub art as a gateway to child pornography. I don't really know if it's innocent cub art. Yeah. I, I mean, I... For the most part, people realize there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Cub I mean, art is fantasy and they know it. And there's sure there's some that might make that kind of jump. I, I think in order part, to make that jump, though, you have to already be predisposed exactly. to have already liked yeah. Uh, the actual child porn. And so, like, they, they come up and they see this as, oh, hey, this is a good outlet for my yeah. actual desires. Um, yeah, but, like, then we've also got, we've also got uh, like, uh, pornography, like, rape pornography. And I don't, I don't know if people who are interested in that type of material are more prone to be rapists, necessarily. You know, like, I guess, I guess, I, I don't think... It's easy to to respond yeah, to this one. I'm just going to say. I'm just going to say. Yeah, yeah. The big difference between a drawn picture and doing something. There right. Really is. Um. Yeah. I. I think for this one, you're just gonna have to say that. It, there's no way that this. Can let's. Let's. Yeah. I, I think. I think. I think something. Something I can say in confidence, though, is that not all cub art is a gateway to child pornography. Yes. I all I can say is you so. guys watch. Um, 
watch movies all the time that you're seeing people die and be murdered and stuff like that. You guys are all serial serial killers. Yeah. Because you watch that and you enjoy those type of movies, you're a horrible person. Right. I can't help it. People taste good. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's move on. This next one, no professional non-furry artists in the fandom. Uh, No professional artists in the fandom. Um. I have heard rumors. I don't know how true they are. I heard rumors that the person who uh, who designed Aslan in the the Narnia series was a furry. Uh, I've heard a bunch of Disney artists yeah. are furries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a lot I, of people that work on at Disney mm-hmm. are furries. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, I, I would I would say that one in general is not true. Right. Um, Th- there's another one saying if so, they will be blacklisted soon. No. What? I have no idea what that's trying to say. Uh, I, I think it's going back to the furries can't have respectable jobs kind of thing. So, oh, if they have a respectable job, they can't keep it for very long. Oh. Like, I don't. I don't feel like I like. I don't feel like this is a. I don't feel like this is a list of stereotypes so much as a list of like probably one person's fears. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, like, we, we've got, like, Andor will start to draw porn for money and attention. How can that... That's a really specific stereotype, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I know a really popular artist who has not drawn a single pornographic picture I know, in the fandom. They're out there. There's Yeah, there's a lot. And uh, that's actually one of the things that boosts their popularity is they're doing this great art, yet they're not going out of their comfort zone to do it. They're not saying, I don't like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway, so I'll be popular. Okay, now we're moving on to the fursuit list. All fursuiters are males and no females. Um, that's not true. That's not, not true. All. I think I there are, like, our, our Utah furries group here has several females who fursuit. Cyber, a popular fe- yeah. female fursuiter. Um, yeah. Mushy magic. All fursuits are equipped with SPH or SPAs. Why would you need an SPA when you can just use your own? Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, SPH and SPA stand for strategically placed hole or strategically placed appendage. Well, maybe you're a female fursuiter. And you just want to have a penis. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, and maybe they could be referring to she. I would say that. I'd say that is a stereotype, though. Oh yeah, um, that's uh, that's something people definitely say. I've been yeah. through. I've been with a lot of different fursuiters, and not very many of them actually have those. Well, yeah, I, like the thing is though, like walking around cons, whenever someone's wearing like a full suit and they've also got like shorts on above the suit, they're like, "Oh, I know what's underneath there." You know, I, I don't know. That's probably not very fair either. It's possible, but you don't know unless you check for yourself. Yeah. Like I, I know my 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 first suit. It has a strategically placed hole. Of course, it's a partial, so you know I wear pants. Those have strategically placed holes for a reason. Legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. All fursuits are bodily fluid encrusted. Sweat. Yeah. Do you, you sweat? It gets Seriously. hardened. In general, they're also cleaned. You know, like I yeah. think most people take their suits to get clean most people won't wash it every time they fursuit because it's really easy to damage them when you do that but they'll like wash them once or twice a year or after like a major convention which is nice which i think is fine enough i know um uh one of the techniques i learned is you take some like like uh, alcohol mix it with water you spray it on the inside of your suit 
and then you just let it sit dry and it de yeah. disinfects it. Yeah. Again, I think this is kind of an odd stereotype because, like, if someone, you know, if someone who's only like seen that that uh, that episode of CSI that everybody talks about, uh, where they and, have the black light. Yeah, you know, like I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody would walk up to you like, hey, you're one of those furries. I heard that your suits are bodily fluid encrusted. <laughs> that's I don't know. Maybe, when you see uh, a fursuiter, um, you have but, other things on your mind, like oh, it's a giant kitty. But it is true that there is people that think that we have sex in our is, sex in our fursuits, and there are people that do have sex in their fursuits. You can find video online if you really want to. But the thing is, is uh, claiming that everybody does that, it's not a fair assumption. Yeah. No. And I don't think a whole lot of people assume that anymore. Well, then again. It's actually, the statistics, it's a small percentage. It's like 5%. Or 10% of, or it's something. Like, I think like the percentage was like 20% on a fursuit. And then like 5% of those will do that in fursuit. See, I, I heard that only 10% of the fans of fursuits or yeah, will want to fursuit. And then like 1% or something really marginal yeah, it's, it's will tiny. actually do that. So it's... So really, it's like a fraction of a percent of the fandom that does that. Yeah. All right. Um, fursuiters use the ample space in their suit to grope little kids at lower heights. Read the next one, too. Uh, and the next one, fursuiters use their fursuits to molest children. Um, pedo bear. Yes. Um, pedo bear is a fursuit. I want a pedo bear suit um, and take it to a convention. <laughs> there was uh, one at Anime Bonsai. <laughs> I don't. I don't hear a whole lot of news about stuff like this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll you know, pop not... up once in a while that that you know that it's has not... happened. But just like it pops up once in a while, I'll say, "Oh, wait, I, I've up. never." Heard I guess. Of it. I guess. I guess the the one reason I can think of that uh, that people would say something like this is you know it's kind of like a strangers with candy effect. You know, like yeah, yeah. like people who go out and and you know they they lure children with candy to do something like that. If you dress up like a a great big stuffed animal, you know, then obviously you're trying to attract children towards you, and that probably means you're a sexual deviant. Uh, people are really you know it's it's paranoia and it's healthy paranoia um and it's unfortunate but i think well, that at least to some extent it's healthy when you take it too far it becomes unhealthy well and it'll hurt your kids eventually. as as with anything though yeah, you know exactly uh all right so next is a list of paraphernalias that uh or paraphilias, not paraphernalias. Sorry, that made no sense. Paraphilias that uh, that furries are common to have. There's zoophilia, which is the sexual attraction to feral animals. I think some furries have that, yeah. Um, some non-furries have that. Some some non-human animals have that. Uh, plushophilia, which I can only assume is the sexual attraction to, uh, uh, you know, plush, like, uh, stuffed animals, stuff like that. Uh, fursuit sex, we've gone into that enough. And then there's pedophilia, and we've also discussed that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so the next one, we have furry conventions. Do you want to read that? Here you. Read those. Great, here you go. There has never been a well-planned or fun furry convention. I want you to say what they said in the list, because I want there has never been a well-planned fun one. 
what? <laughs> exactly. I think I think somebody somebody must have been, somebody must have like like rage quit a convention and then immediately wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even a fun one. Like no, uh, I I I've, I've been pretty I've been pretty impressed by some of the organization of uh, of conventions. I love uh, furry conventions. Yeah, awesome. I think that they do a wonderful job. Right, was on its way to that point, but they saved themselves. Oh yeah, it was awesome. But they they have they had some room for forgiveness because it was the first year. Yep. All right. What's next? They just catered to baby furs, zoophiles, lifestylers, plushophiles, and pedophiles. I think a lot of those people actually get kicked out of conventions. Except well, for the lifestylers. Well, no, no, because no. you know they're they're just people who really really. Enjoy I'm baby furs. I'd have to say I'd have to say that I'm a lifestyler. Yeah. I'm a lifestyle. I don't I don't know if lifestyler is the word that I would use, except you know I. All you know, uh, three out of four of my roommates are furries. All of my friends are furries, and I dedicate a lot of time and money to it. Uh, I guess that's another thing. Like, what what defines like a lifestyle? I have that pulled up. The furry lifestyle. Um, furry lifestyle is one who lives the furry lifestyle. Um, the furry lifestyle is lived by those who call themselves lifestyle involve a more pronounced expression of what the furry fandom means to them in real life through their actions and beliefs. Lifestyles tend to identify more strongly with than typical furries with their furry avatars and often act out animalistic behaviors of them. For example, a wolf furry lifestyle might go barefoot and howl at the moon, and an otter lifestyle might spend much of the day swimming. Often this is coupled with strong belief in an animal totem, and many lifestyles feel the avatar spirit selected them. And of them select instead of them selecting the avatar of choice. First thing, the other cons- uh, costuming are popular with lifestyles as our verbalization, such as uh, myrrh and meath. That expressions uh, that express the furry. I guess my I guess the the heartache that I'm having about this, not the heartache, the the heartburn I'm having about this is um is uh, I I don't feel like I have a spiritual connection to my persona. Uh, and you know when I when I act out those things, like if I were to like growl or uh, you know uh, like do something like that, it would mostly just be fun, not because it's like I'm trying to get in touch with my animal side. Like I'm I'm not I'm guess, not a border collie trapped in a human's body. I guess uh, that that's that's exactly the same with you know with me. Yeah, you know it's, it's not, like it's like. And then me and you, you're like, that's, yeah. a, that, that, that's us. It's like if you... Fuck you, you know, I'm a dragon. I guess, I guess, you know, it's kind of like if you have an unlimited number of grains of stand, how many would you have to stack up until it stops being a pile and starts becoming a hill? Uh, you know, you're going to... You, there's there's not really set specific boundaries for something like that, I suppose. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Uh, we, that, that's, that is a tangent. Let's get back to the list. Okay. Participants just go for the gay sex, art, marital aids, underage gay sex, or drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Here's the thing. I can get all of that without spending the money to go to a convention. Going to conventions really is expensive. Think, I really think that most of the stuff is just like human behavior. They'll spend a lot of money and go to places. Humans will go spend a lot of money and go to places to have sex and for the material yeah. strip clubs it's the this is this yeah. is this is these are all the same reasons people go to vegas yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> just subtract the gay and it's let's, the same thing let's yeah. move on to the next item they spooge all over the place especially elevators <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a, that sounds like a troll okay now i heard <laughs> i believe it that's, was furry connection north this year 
where they were sharing convention space with a volleyball tournament. And the volleyball tournament was having more sex than the furries. Really? What? That's crazy. Were there, were there like, I didn't think there were a lot of males and, here, and here's something mm. interesting. Apparently, the hotel said that the furries clean up after themselves. The volleyball tournament didn't. Wow. Well, <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on. The staff are, were, all retarded, power-hungry, clueless, other. <laughs> <laughs> the staff is of a particular disposition. The staff is the staff. Of a certain disposition. Wait. The staff, the staff of conventions, I'm guessing, just says the staff are, were... So, yeah, I think someone had a bad experience at a convention. I think I've met a lot of staff who are other. (laughs) (laughs) I have met some staff that seem power hungry, but the thing is, they're doing their job. And they've been there for a long time, you know, sitting there doing the exact same thing. You know, I'd get a little bit ornery too sometimes. Yeah. 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 There you go. So. All cons have the worst... Customer service. Yes, it says worst, not worst. <laughs> As uh, the worst customers. <laughs> this is a horrible list. All right, <laughs> continue. Okay, then, then we go on to the next section, which is furry convention events. Slave auctions. Uh, apparently, I, I'm actually not surprised because this is going back to that one convention where they did like advertising in gay magazines and stuff like that. So basically, the source of a lot of the furry stereotypes... This is what it's talking about. It's slave auctions, where fans and artists were put up for bidding for sex only. Normally gay. But you know, again, this is the convention where they advertised it in gay magazines. So, yeah, you could pretty much throw that one out. Yeah, that, right. that convention is, like, no longer in existence. I think it lasted, like, another year after that advertising, and then everybody had left, so it was gone. Yeah. Let's move on. And that's pretty much it. That's the list. Well there's, well, there's another list at the bottom. I don't know if we want to read through that. We're, we're going to read I, that after emails. Are you sure? Oh, I kind of yes. think that we should just rattle through them right now. It's pretty short. Yeah. Stereotypes within the fandom by the fandom. So this is like specifically a wolf does this. Huskies do this. Foxes Rabbits do this. Yeah. So yeah, let's I'll, just read through these I'll right now them. and we'll go through and switch each time All with right. each species. Dragons are potentious, attempt to appear wise in cultures, and often follow a wonky form of mysticism. More recently, they've been perceived as being derpy, if female. They are fangirls of Anne McCaffrey's pep. And they also fall downstairs. Her. We will be getting to the more stairs more in depth now? later, I promise. What? I, I was never told that we would be using accents. I, I just Have you to listened to the podcast? <laughs> Very well, then. Unicorns are... Aristocats um, and are prideful about their appearances. I think you meant aristocrats, not aristocats, because that oh. was a movie about cats. <laughs> and we're not talking about cats, we're talking we're about unicorns. About cats, Darn it. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's, I've never heard that one before, but then I don't think I've ever met a unicorn in the fandom. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I have. Yeah, I haven't seen one very well. All right, let's move on. Equins are size queens into bonnet, bondage and pony play. That might have been true before My Little Pony, but 
things have changed since then, I think. Since they are now little. Um. <laughs> Definitely not size play. Well, there not the same way. It's gone the opposite direction. I'm small. All right. Male foxes are frequently gay or bisexual, overly sexualized, and submissive, and are an over an overexposed choice of character. I don't think I don't think that we're submissive. Submissive. I've heard I've heard that they I've heard that foxes uh, tend to play bottom. Uh, that's a stereotype, but I think that mostly comes from like pornography. Usually, the fox. And I do know foxes that fall into that. Yeah. So. Well, Gru well, falls into that. I'm not one of those. He's not. Anyways, um, female foxes are frequently gay or bisexual. Uh, wait, wait. Oh, no, 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 that was You're wrong. You're reading the wrong one. <laughs> I'm reading the wrong one. Bad <clears throat> Female foxes and vixens are usually male players, even more overly sexualized and not bright. Griffiths are mean people. <laughs> and are obsessed fans with, what is that? Mercedes Lackey. Fiction, and can be capricious. What no, is capricious? I have to say. Can I can I get a definition? Capricious, capricious is. I'm embarrassed. I don't really know this one. Given off the top to of sudden my head. and unaccountable changes of mood or behavior. I have to say, Griffins <laughs> make wonderful sex toys for dragons. <laughs> I would have to say that 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 stereotype is fairly correct. Uh, from our. From our just, experience. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, Let's read the on. next one. Rabbits are neurotic and paranoid or are sexually promiscuous and often enjoy being edible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 we do know of one that could be described potentially as neurotic and paranoid, but I don't think he's sexually promiscuous or enjoys being edible. In fact, I know for a fact he does not enjoy being edible. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't appreciate us talking about him. No names. All right. Um, Not saying who. Great. Let's move on. Wolves behave like alpha males, arrogant and accepting to be treated as leaders. Alternately, they are sometimes promoted to act like big foxes. Um, to act like big foxes. So. I've heard of that, but those people are called. Wolves. There you go. <laughs> that way they have the fox in them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're part wolf and part fox. All right. Huskies are the new foxes, but more dominant. Curly they're tail. like the cum dumps of the fandom. I've, I've heard that pretty often. I've heard people say huskies are the new foxes. That's something that people spread. Their curly tail is just so inviting. And I've heard otters are the new huskies. I, I think it was actually the other way around where otters came before foxes, really? after foxes, and then huskies came along. Huh. I'm not sure, though. Raccoons. Oh, okay, I'll do raccoons. Again. Uh, raccoons are seen as antisocial and bisexual. Some see raccoons as sneaky thieves who steal at every chance they get. Cats are seen as clean and sometimes prissy. Borderling, let's see, borderling on the noble cast, class. Ah. What do you think, Al? You're a cat. Percy is fussily and excessively respectable. I'm not sure that describes you. 
I think, yeah, I think it's saying, like, high maintenance. Uh, cats. Like You live with a cat? I do, and he's not very high maintenance, I've got to say. He, no, he's not. <laughs> um, Does he meow a lot at your door? No. Just kidding. He, he stays in his room for the most part. Um... Wow. I wish that you did. Anyway, squirrels. Squirrels are jittery and hyperactive. Here we go. Hyenas are seen as insane, loud, aggressive, or overtly sexual. Are you noticing a theme here? Just about everything mm. is overtly sexual. Kangaroos are always foot fetishists who have pouches on both genders. No, I can't really blame male kangaroos for wanting pouches. They come in handy. Furries are of a certain sexual disposition. <laughs> All I can say is I, I wish that Rue had a pouch as far as, like, you know, just right there. Because, I mean, that'd be nice to be able to put something in it. And... I, I do know a couple male kangaroos that have gotten, you know, artificial pouches for themselves because they do come in handy. So, Rue, you could obviously be a hybrid of a fox and a kangaroo. I could do that. And if then it would to. be original. And then you can have that pouch. But then people feet. would think I'm a female because I have a pouch. Well, then no, they you won't. Just, just <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, now that we've gone to do that list, um, we are going to take a musical break and we'll come back and read emails. See you guys. Thank you. 
So we're going to get to emails now. A lot of you um, sent in emails about stereotypes and different things that you guys feel about the fandom. And so we're going to get your opinion here on For What It's Worth. So we're going to go ahead and start off with our first email, which, which is from Tatsu. It says, hi, it's Tatsu. I'm a fox. Yay. I can only assume that there is going to be a lot of Fox jokes on this episode. There really hasn't been, been yeah, very hasn't many. Been there haven't so been enough. Um, foxes are the condoms of the fandom. No. They only bend over and they take large cocks from wolves. Are these jokes? Behind Those every good jokes. fox is a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I, I went into um, one of the fox panels at Rocky Mountain Furcon... There were like so many wolves in there. I don't know why that they were in there, but I don't know. Anyways, let's read the next email. Every good wolf deserves a fox. Okay. So would you like to read the next one? I'll read the next one. This is from AC Armand. There are a lot of stereotypes in the fandom. One that I think is screwed up is the whole we all go out into the woods and take LSD and screw and suit. Though there are ones that aren't bad, like rabbit suitors tend to be more shy, fox suitors tend to be more provocative, and etc. Yeah, I mean, different I, I fur mean, suitors have different stereotypes. Yeah, and, you know, just because stereotypes are typically a bad thing, that doesn't mean that they are a bad thing. Um, I think the one about foxes tend to be more provocative. Well, I think that's true, uh, and a good thing in a way, because per, I think productive, uh, Provocative art is some of the best art out there. It really gets you going in terms of thinking and social change. And <laughs> All Asians what? are good at math. <laughs> All right. All I can say is this. I, I want to say this. The reason why we even have this episode isn't necessarily for you guys to be like, oh, stereotypes are bad. Oh, don't stereotype me. You know, stuff like that. No, we want you to be aware that these are what people think. Or, or may think, or and even though it may not be true, but for you to understand that there are some people that think that foxes are the whores of the whole fandom. There are people that think that. Is it necessarily true? <laughs> no, it's not. So, 
anyways, that's my two cents. I'm going to step Yay. down. Yay. All right. Let's read the next email. Um, you'll love this one, Christian. Uh, all right. This one is from Christian Maine. Let's see. Or otherwise known as Marseth Moonpaw. What's up for what it's worth and its viewers? I've been waiting for this topic for a while so I could get some answers on the subject. Why does everyone seem to have an issue with foxes? This is a popular topic. I, uh, I have two fox personas, and they don't fit the stereotypes one bit. What's up with people thinking ill regards towards them? Thanks for your time. I don't think it's that they think ill regard. I think it's mostly just, you know, Here's in the fun. Thing. Most stereotypes from within the fandom... They're all just in good fun. They're jokes, and we all know they're jokes. I don't think anybody really takes them seriously. Well, you're, you know, and you, you shouldn't. Like, when I go and I say, you know, foxes or, you know, are the come dumps of the fandom or whatever, Rue, you know, that's a joke, and I don't actually yeah, and, seriously and we all mean. know it. I, I don't think there's anybody that actually believes that. It's just good fun. Yes. You know, I wonder where that this actually came from as far as like the stereotype. You know, we have the stereotype that you know, dragons fall downstairs. You know, where did um where did this come from? Like I said, I think it's just like the pornography. Like uh there's since there are so many foxes in the fandom, there's obviously a lot of fox pornography and I don't think people connect that dot. I think they just assume that there's a lot of fox pornography because foxes are promiscuous and not because there are so many of them. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. Why do you think that there's... Do you think that foxes, like, have the most... Like, there's more foxes than any other species? I think there are more wolves than any other species. You think? Yeah, I think foxes are a close second, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely agree on that. I think um, and the explanation for the wolves is I think everyone desires to be stronger in what they do and in their real life. And I think people will look at wolves and say, you know, these, you know, with this, I, you know, with this persona, I can project me as a stronger leader and have more confidence. And, and I there's, think that's why it's so popular. There's also a certain level of like mysticism involved or, you know, and wisdom involved with choosing like a wolf as your persona because, uh, uh, because of the way that, you know, they've been worshipped, uh, you yeah, know, by it, certain... It's, it's been a huge culture thing for a long time. And, you know, like, uh, that that's why there aren't so many... I think I think that's probably why there aren't so many, like, domestic animal furries, because... Uh, They're already familiar. Because, it's because nobody nobody wants to feel all that domestic, as opposed to me, where I'm... I'm I'm a domestic animal because I'm extremely I'm extremely comfortable with domestic living and uh and you know I don't I don't want to go out into the woods and take LSD and have sex. <laughs> so <laughs> unlike all of you other furries who totally do. Oh yeah. Let's, That's a lie. I do it all the time like all right, every L. night. Really? There's a forest that close to you. Oh, yeah. All right, L, do you want to read the next one from Jack Russell? Uh, all right, let's get some uh, steak on the barbie. I don't know. Jack Russell just sounds Australian to me. It sounds like uh, Jack Russell Terrier. That's a thing, right? Isn't Jack Russell some sort of barbecue sauce? Uh, I, believe so. there is, I believe there is a barbecue sauce with that brand name. Well, <laughs> all right, let's read the email. All right, so you're a barbecue sauce now, Jack. Um, anyway, so this is my third email. I guess I'll stop at 100. 
Um, I guess I'll try to be entertaining with this one, since it's about stereotypes, which is something I have as many opinions on as the internet has jokes about Chuck Norris. <laughs> so first off, I'm a hyena, and I keep the stereotype hyenas back uh, being a bit mad. For example, my high school crush was H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Yeah, I know. And uh, Rowan Atkinson? Rowan Atkinson. There we go. Um, and if I... Uh, and if asked, I, uh, and if asked if I would get it, get it on with Shogoth, I would say hell yeah, faster than the who gets through gutter uh, guitars. But that's just me, I guess. But I suppose I break the furry stereotype by being a bit of a cynic. I don't do it all the time since it's just one side of my persona, and some people find it quite funny and amusing, which I guess is all right. However, I feel like the stereotype for furries is that of people who don't get out so much except for in furry culture uh, except for in furry culture i feel guilty of thinking this myself due to past experiences like when i brought, uh, bought up um uh, the short story the sandman by eta hoffman and got looked at by my furry friends like i had gone to a Gemini hendrix concert with a jar of brainston pickles it seems like all furries want to do is rave and listen to some form of squeaky remix and talk about fursuits i know the stereotype is untrue but being stood next to a fursuiter who tries to rave isn't helping me much it makes me seem like i'm trying to do something i can't like having your cake and eating it which seems odd because what else even though what uh, else can you do with cake anyway uh being a furry has given me a bit of a stereotype like the second uh the second people found out i was gay assumed um, scrolling down. Uh, the second people found out I was gay, even though I follow very few of the gay stereotypes, one of my friends said, after knowing you were furry, I automatically assumed you were gay, which is somewhat off-putting. Another part of the stereotype is the idea that all furries like art in the sense of putting a picture on paper. Whilst I like looking at things, I don't know the slightest thing about art, and I know a lot of people are willing to say that they are an artist, even though they aren't that good at it. So I find there is a lot of appreciation for visual art but not much for people like me who who are writers and wordsmiths and constructive criti uh, criticism is automatically trolling because it seems like for some reason nobody can stand someone disliking something anyway do you find that a lot of uh that a lot of the stereotypes are true in the idea that furries aren't cultured and are generally overly happy uh, energetic people i found that some people saying furries are disrespectful and i know and I sometimes agree, but I, that might be just my ir, uh, irritatingly formal childhood. And furries are willing to use words without knowing the full meaning. Like when someone said that they were self-sadistic, which is impossible because sadism is about inflicting pain on other people. So, so to cut it short, um, and sorry for the third long message, what are your opinions on furries? Uh, being happy-go-lucky, uncultured, and ignorant to the other forms of art. And what are your opinions on the stereotypes of hyenas? And once again, thanks for putting out the show. A lot to cover, uh, Jack Russell. Uh, I like the email, and I've also got to say, H.P. Lovecraft, huge fan. Uh, I, I don't think that you're you're alone in that respect. Um, I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would get it on with Shogoth necessarily, but you know, <laughs> I, I think as a thoth, on the other hand, the, I, I'd love to. Be, I'd love to be wrapped up in his tentacles and and, uh, oh and, and uh, obliterated in a sexual way. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so the question is, do we think furries are happy-go-lucky? I think, uh, I think that, I don't know, like, I, f- I feel like, uh, like, otakus, people who really like anime, uh, are, are kind of Are generally more like, like that. I think, I think really that's just a stereotype of people in certain situations. I think yeah. everyone has the ability to be happy-go-lucky. Yeah, it just depends the, on the day. Yeah, I feel you like get to a position where you're able to cut loose, and you're, you do it. Everybody does it. I meet a lot yeah. of furries who are manic-depressive as well, though. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there is another stereotype that furries just are depressing and emos on the computer. And so we have yeah, two stereotypes on the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, once again, we are everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, uh, you know, one of our um our friend that was with us the other day, um my friend, uh Michael. You know, he pulled me aside and he's like, "I don't know why, but for some reason like just being with you guys for just this amount of time, it just he felt really kind of welcomed and he felt like that we were having such a good time that we were having so much fun and um he says you know every furry that i've ever met it seems like that they're they're just having a ball in life and what were we doing yesterday while he was here we ate some bagels we watched a little bit of some youtube videos and we went to see a movie so you know we didn't really do anything out of the ordinary we just had fun yeah, um, it was, it's the company you're with. Being a furry is an extremely exuberant life decision uh, because it's, well, I don't know, I think some people would, would think it's like childish maybe uh, to, to, you know, to play pretend when you're well into your adulthood and, uh, you know, I mean, why? Like, uh, like, why, why should it be that way? You know, like, uh, I think, I think that, um, people people are furries because they think it's fun, and uh, as a result, they're still people who are capable of, uh, of having fun, which I think is unfortunately a rarity. Uh, I could definitely see that. I think so many people today in today's society just worry about, you know, oh, I got to, you know, go to work. I got to make the money. I got to. You know, save just in case something, and I just got to work, 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 work to make sure. But then, know, what do they do when they're life. not working? And then, you know, like they work themselves to death. So all they, they watch do is the Biggest Loser. Yeah, yeah. When instead of instead saying, you know, well, you know, today I want to go to the park, just walk around, go smell the flowers. You know, like a uh, a popular colloquialism lately is uh, a colloquial is uh is that youth is wasted on the young and why should that be true yeah um you know like like we it's people people uh, people who say things like that are choosing not to be you know youthful and have you ever met a really old guy that seemed like he was like he's like 18 years old that he's like really spry and really awesome like I've met people that are like that. Mm-hmm. That are these really old guys that just fun people that are just amazing people, and they're so much fun, and they have so much, they have more life in them than somebody that is that maybe like thirty years old trying to get through life. But I think I think part partly what he's he's asking though is is like, are we like SpongeBob SquarePants? 
Like, no. are we are we obnoxiously uh, hyper energetic and? I think and there are definitely lucky. some furries like that. Yeah. yeah, but I wouldn't say like those ones that try to glomp you. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my god, a new furry at the fur meet, and ah, hug. It's, hugs are great, but don't jump. No, on I think it's good to hug, but. Glomping, yeah, is different. Well, glomping well, is jump hugging, like voluntarily hugging. Uh, we should add because you know some people I know I know a handful who don't like being hugged, yeah, or touched. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is another stereotype, I guess. Hugging all, is a communicative all, thing. Not all, uh, not all furries are are really um, cuddly, I guess. We don't constantly grope each other, unless of course it's my tail, in which case it's constantly being molested. Because it's awesome. All right. Uh, so what what else do you have about um, hyenas? Stereotypes about well, hyenas. Uh, we you, did we read think... that thing about hyenas yeah. already. But the, the the next one is, do you think all furries are uncultured and ignorant to other forms of art? Okay, on that I have to say one thing. We've discussed it a little bit on this show already about a lot of furries being young. They're at a point where they're just getting started into that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're, so they're kind of underexposed. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, Christian here, he's you know, in depth mm. of that. And he, you know, I think he's very cultured. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone else is going to be like him because, you know, if you look at high school and early stages of colleges, the teachers don't really, you know, yeah, it's, it's, teach that. Yeah, it's, it takes at this point in time for someone to really, really be very interested in that to do their own self-research. And most kids our age aren't going to do that. Yeah, let's face it, a lot of kids in that position who want to do that won't because they're afraid of what everyone else will think. And and I I like I like furry art for different reasons than I like uh listening to Eric Satie and uh and looking at paintings by like Rene Magritte or anything. That's a that's a, a completely different uh, area of interest. Um I wouldn't say furries are oblivious to other forms of art inherently. Uh because, like, I've met a lot of really artsy uh, furries. Like, uh, for instance, look up, look up, or rather maybe don't look up post-furries, you know? Like, furries who are post-modern furries. Um, you know, like, just the fact that that exists and that it's a thing, I think, is evidence enough that uh, that furries aren't necessarily artistically blind. Yeah, it's just, they're not exposed to it yet. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance. Yep. Uh, or maybe they're just not interested in being exposed to it, which is fine. You know, if, if art isn't your thing, then art isn't your thing. But I don't think anybody, uh, I don't think anybody, uh, like, enjoys furry art and looks at furry art and uses that as an excuse to say that they're cultured. Yeah. I mean, I could see one, you know, a few people doing it, but I don't think it's too heavily rampant. Yeah. So we really only know one hyena. Like, I only really know one. We know um, other. There's Gina Hyena. And then Stormy World, he, he has another hyena character. He has a couple characters that he plays. So. I would say hyenas being a bit mad, in my experience, has shown to be kind of accurate, depending on how you define mad and whatnot. Hyenas that, have diabetes. I think that a lot, of, a, lot of these, a lot of these stereotypes, I feel like, have developed because of the nature of the animals that people are trying yeah. to emulate. Hyenas are famous for their uh, natural laughter. Yeah, that's, you know, and, and their, their energy. Um, 
and I'm talking about in the wild, not in the fandom. So, uh, so you know, uh, and that's that's definitely yeah, so got to be. Of course, you know, we're trying to uh, emulate it. Gina, Gina definitely is a very hyper individual. Sometimes, not, not in an obnoxious way. I don't not, think. No, no, uh, no, no, no. You know, just in case you're listening, Gina. <laughs> it's um, very constructive. Mm-hmm. We love you, Gina. Because she she's. I don't know, she's got a she's got a good head on her shoulders. Um even even though I would say like just judging by like her her new fursuit head and stuff there's definitely a little bit of a sense of at least emulated madness. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's adorable. So it, it is. <laughs> there you go. Um she's an uh, amazing fursuiter. I I yeah, she's probably one of the my top people that I love fursuiting with. Which we need to arrange another uh Red Butte Garden strip. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, it was sad that I missed the last one. I think we're, we were going to do something like that at our next meet, International right? Peace Gardens. That's but, right. But uh, that's not for the podcast. Uh, no. Great. But hey, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to come, you're more than welcome to come. Just send us an email and we'll give you the information to it. Just great, remember, you have to be 18 or yeah. older or 16 to 18 and bring a parent. Yep. Yep. So let's let's go on to the next email. That's uh, that's gonna be Yuri's, and we'll have him read it. Okay, I don't think I'm actually gonna go and read through it because I could probably word it even a little bit better without reading it. The gist of it is dragons falling downstairs and why it pisses me off. Now I don't know how many people actually know where this one comes from, which is why I'm going to actually go through and give what that was. Basically, uh, I believe it was a convention, I think it was Free Weekend Atlanta, where there was someone who was getting really drunk and being really obnoxious and was getting thrown out of parties. You know, I can, you know, yeah, throw him out of parties. He's getting extremely drunk and obnoxious. Throw him out of parties. I have no problem with that. My problem is that, like we mentioned earlier, these stereotypes are, like, meant to be a joke and in, within the fandom and we know it. And the reason why I have an issue with this one is because the guy then tried to kill himself by throwing himself downstairs. And this bothers me because I've been suicidal and it's not a pleasant place to be and I don't think that should ever be joked about. And so I, I just don't like this stereotype for that reason. And I, I think we need to not use it and get away from it because it's not funny to me. And I don't. I think when you actually understand where it came from, it shouldn't be funny. That's not something you should joke about. And so, yeah, just no. I'm sorry. But I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that everybody who says things about dragons falling downstairs is aware of uh, of yeah, how dark. And, yeah, and, the... and that's why I can kind of give some to it. I I just think when you know what it is, you should really avoid it. And if you hear people using it, you can just try and. But at at the same time. Um, there, I think there's a difference between actually being in the suicidal thoughts and then being drunk and then thinking about committing suicide. I don't. For I, me, it's really the same thing. Alcohol is a depressant. It puts you in the same exact mindset and at the same time removes your self-control. Yeah. Uh, that's why actually why I don't drink is because I know that if I drank, I'd become super depressed. I'd lose my self-control, and I would act on my suicidal urges. And so I choose not to drink for that reason. 
So right. I, I, I like my life. I don't want to die. And so I don't drink. Well, the other thing that isn't really funny, I believe that this particular guy, and correct me if I'm wrong, he actually really did commit suicide later on. Yeah, and I haven't he, heard about that, but... He yeah. is, or or something's happened, but he's currently not alive. Yeah, I, I'm not, I haven't heard anything about that, but yeah, you can... The story's online, really. You can just go and quickly... When I first heard it, I was like, okay, where'd that one come from? And I quickly Googled it, and I was... I was appalled, actually, when I... People are joking about this? Well, the thing is, he wasn't even a dragon. No, he wasn't a dragon. I believe he was a husky. And So, I don't understand why he... My understanding is everybody decided it should be a dragon because we dragons already have this stereotype of having mental illnesses and things like that. So, oh, he tried to commit suicide. He must have a mental illness. We'll call him a dragon. So it's like this huge convoluted thing, and it's horrible. Maybe it's because he was like trying to fly wings. I don't know. Anyways, we should. Moving on. Move on to the next one. You want to have Christian read the next one? This is from Good Old Midnight. Oh, hello. This is a really. All right. Well, let's let's get through it. Hello, for what it's worth. Midnight here, long time no right. Sorry that I haven't, sorry, I've been a little busy, but I always take time to catch two of my favorite furs doing what they do best. Now this episode is about stereotypes within the fandom, or without the fandom. I had some thoughts on this, so I thought that I would share them. Now the first thing I did was go over the ones that I have heard on my own in the fandom. Then I went over what I felt were characteristics of each animal. After doing that, uh, I studied some human behaviors and different personalities, uh, that we as people exhibit. Finally, I hit the web to see what other people's opinions were about stereotypes in the furry fandom. Way to go, Midnight. Uh, Alright, uh, would you like to know what I found? Would you? Well, sure, I will tell you. First, let's look at the definition of the word stereotype in the dictionary. This is... Kind of what we did. Yes. Alright, well, let's, let's read over it anyhow. Uh, Alright, a process now often replaced with more advanced methods for making metal printing plates by taking a mold of a composed type or uh, like in paper and paper mache or other material than taking this mold uh, a cast type in the metal. Uh, I guess that kind of that kind of does make sense. This definition for more of a technical term in, in printing things, but it seems relevant to this discussion. Uh, sociology, a simplified and standard conception or image invested with special meaning and held in common by members of a group. And that's a little more directly what we've been talking about. Uh, the sociology definition is one we are more familiar with as a society. With this knowledge in hand, we can come uh, with two conclusions. One being that this is a conception and therefore subject to interpretation. And number two is that it is held in common by members of an age group. Uh, this means that once a stereotype is formed within some truth or not, it is people who give it life. So we have an opportunity to either confirm or deny the existence of stereotypes. Keep that in mind. Now here are some of the stereotypes I found on a discussion page on DeviantArt. Uh, this comment in particular seemed to appease the group when discussing stereotypes in the furry fandom. Alright, foxes are sex-crazed but brainy, cats are sexy but aloof, dragons are self-important and eccentric. Bats are goth, uh, uh, tragicomedal, yay bats, exclamation point. Dogs are enthusiastic, attention whores, but they're fun, so we forgive them. 
mustelids. I never know how to pronounce that. Is that right? Mustelids, like like mustelids. Yeah. So like ferrets uh, are ludicrously cute, uncharacteristically peaceful. What? Hmm? <laughs> no, hold on. I'm I'm interrupting this email to say that ferrets are not peaceful. I mean, I guess they sleep the majority of their lives, Maybe but that's the, where the, the majority characteristically yeah, comes from. <laughs> the reason they sleep so much is because they fidget all of their energy away. All right, bears, quiet, tranquil, sometimes gruffy. Centaurs, uh, debatably furry, but predominantly in furry circles, so they are they're included. Civil, respectful, touchy about centaur jokes. Wolves go for the imposing presence motif, clannish. Uh, What's this word here? Sentence? Says Setons. Sentence. Can't like really sentience. figure them out, really. All right. Bunnies are unconfrontational, sweet, uncomfortably lolly-esque on an occasion. And lions are kind of like a hybrid of cats and wolves. They are sex lords. Yay, stereotypes. Hey, Connor. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Does Connor listen to this? Hi, Connor, if you're there. I don't think he does. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he does either. Um... Now, after reading this, do you find yourself agreeing with this? Do we choose certain animals because they display certain characteristics of our own personalities? Or is this uh, subjective opinions thrust on us because of outside perception? Uh, this email isn't over, but I think that I can say it's a little bit of both, or rather a little bit of either. Um, well, I can tell you I don't know, nor do I care. I'm a wolf because it makes me happy. Yes, I do, I do like feeling a little imposing, and I'm very clannish at times for those I care for. But that does not mean that I won't befriend others who are not wolves. Uh, I have many friends that are many other species, and as for imposing, well, that's uh, more of a defense mechanism, but I don't look to impose or intimidate others for sheer enjoyment. As for foxes being yiffy and sex-crazed, well, I have to say that's a misconception of our own making. We all find foxes to be elegant and sleek creatures, sexy almost uh, to our inner thoughts. So we create the connection with our own base needs and desires, and we've already talked about foxes plenty. Yeah. Um, besides, everyone knows that wolves. Everyone knows it's the wolves that are perverts. Oh no! I have created a stereotype for you to spread about the fandom. No, it's too late. The damage is done. See, people can go uh, with whatever misconceptions they want for you, but the truth is that until they get to know you for you, everything else is uh, just subjective opinion and never really the full truth. So don't let stereotypes make you feel that you should be the one thing or the other. Uh, just uh, let you, yeah, just be you and let the ducks talk. Quack, 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 quack. We saw ducks yesterday. It was fun. Oh, no, I did it again. <laughs> Thanks, L and Rue, once again for your time and your awesome show. Keep up the good work. Lots of love from your pal Midnight, and remember, stay furry, my friends. You know, the main thing that I want to say with this email is, is it's exactly what the last um, paragraph and that's the main thing that I've been wanting for you guys to get out of this is just don't let these stereotypes affect you and don't let them like determine or deter you from being who you are like for what I shared at the last um, like for instance why I'm a fox now I'm a fox for for different reasons I'm not a fox because I heard the stereotype of foxes and stuff like that I, I became a fox first I didn't even know that there were like a lot of different foxes within the fandom. I just, I saw a picture that was on, um, you know, I was going through Jade Claw. We were doing role playing type stuff. And I, I saw this picture of a little fox that was giving a, a radish to this bigger 
um, Lady Fox that was probably he like his mother gives or something. Me radishes. <laughs> yeah, I give you radishes all the time. But I don't know. I just felt a connection. I felt a yeah. I felt a connection with a picture. Um, and I felt that 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 was that picture. I felt like it was me. That connection just happened to have a white stain on it. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you know, in regards to whether or not we choose our personas, uh, because uh, our personal characteristics are, uh, you know, are, are sort of represented by animals, I think that's sometimes the case. You know, for me, yeah. I was just like, oh, border collies are cute. And then instead of, instead of being like a border collie beforehand, I think since then I have uh, non-intentionally become more like a border collie since then. Um and I feel like that's you know like like I said it's not really black or white. Uh, there are there are going there are some furries who who feel like your persona is something very internal and maybe even spiritual. Yeah. And then there are others uh, like like me uh, and you do you. Yeah. Um, I I used to be a fox. <gasps> yeah. Um, I used to be a fox, and um, that was mostly the case of how I found the phantom. Foxes were cool. Great. I'll be a fox. Whatever. Then later on, like in this past, you know, couple of years, you know, I saw snow leopards and I started being involved with them more. And then he started making fun of every fox. <laughs> no, I was, I was making fun of foxes even while I was a fox. So, but, um, I started getting more into like snow leopards and this attraction that I had was not something that I had with foxes. For foxes, I'm like, wow, they're beautiful. I like them. But for the snow leopard, you know, they're, they're elegant, they're beautiful. But there was something more, something else that was just calling out for me to take hold of that. And so for that reason, I'm just like, I want to know what this something more is. And I changed my persona. And I'm still kind of just figuring it out. But you know, as far as I can tell now, I'm just kind of like, I feel like the spirit in me is, you know, somewhat of a snow leopard, whether it be an anthro snow leopard or a feral snow leopard, whether it be animal, totem, whatever. I still think that I'm spiritually part snow leopard at the very least. Yeah. And I, L is a Therian. I'm another kin. Uh, basically, that means I believe I'm a dragon, like literally. Um, I know, see, I know people are going to say, oh, you have a mental illness, that's why dragons have that stereotype, which is probably true, but I know in my head that I'm not really a dragon, but that's why I created my own species of dragon the way I did. It actually hatches as a different species, and then later in life takes its true form, so... I, I did that to hold out hope for myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, because what other kids are is, is they believe I am this, you know, I am this, I am trapped in a human's body, and later in life I will be re unleashed to this other land yeah. or something similar along those yeah. lines. Um, and since, since we've kind of entered the topic of uh, whether or not it's okay for uh, furries to identify as 100% human. I think even if you aren't a Therian or an, uh, or an other kin, like personally, I think that, uh, that there is a part of your self-concept that's really just up to you, you know? Like it all comes down to like nature versus nurture, you know? Like uh, I think there's a part of me that's a border collie and that's the part that's decided it's a border collie, you know? Uh, 
not not biologically or even mentally, but just because you know, uh, and yeah, yeah know, I can agree. Choose our personas for different reasons, and you know, it, it comes down to each of us and what's going on with us. Yeah, you know, for for me, for me, as far as as far as identifying with my persona, uh, border collies have a reputation for being uh, both intelligent and derpy <laughs> somehow. You know, because like like they're you know they're dogs. They do. They do crazy, playful things, but they're also incredibly smart, you know. Like and I they, see that fits through perfectly. And I think, you know, like, that that's not something that I thought about while I was choosing my persona, but it's something that I've thought about since then, you know, and it's something that I've kind of been, you know, at least a little bit proud of. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, in, in answer to that question. Uh, and what else, what else did he want us to address? Was there anything else in the email? I think that that's good. I think that's it. All right, sounds good. Let's move on. All right. So we have um, Tara. Uh, that's that's my email. And I think the most amusing stereotype is that foxes will do anything, especially if it involves, involves food or yiff. Hey, if there's a cookie Which involved. seems to ring true in my case. Asterisk, Snickers, asterisk. But any ideas where this started out? I think that we've um, covered the bases. <laughs> basically gone through that, and I think I think that we've came to the conclusion that we don't 100% know. But I really do think that, as uh, Christian put it, there's a lot of fox in the fandom, thus more fox porn is drawn up, thus it was concluded, foxes must be. Yeah. That's that's well, one overall, theory. I, I think that's probably a good yeah, part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. chances, there's, it's probably multiple things, and that would probably be a big part of it, and Probably a lot of it is that a lot of foxes have acted that way publicly. And and you know. it just so happens that it's a stereotype that's kind of stuck. Yeah. Like two foxes. I think that's one of the <laughs> oldest furry stereotypes there has been. So. Oh, yeah. But I, I have to admit, you know, I'll, I'll do anything for a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you have an email? Uh, oh, is it my turn now? Yep. Yeah, your email already? is the next one. It's your email. The last one? It yep, is. The last right. one. Well, I sent this before I knew I was going to be a guest on the show. Uh, titled "Stereotypes." It says, "Dear Cast, Unfortunately, I don't think there are any fur- I don't think there are any stereotypes in the furry fandom that aren't deserved in at least a minuscule faction. There's a very vocal minority of furries who do, in fact, have a lot of kinky sex in their fursuits, and I mean more gay and bisexual furries than straight furries. But none of these things are inherent qualifications; only coincidences." Being a furry doesn't mean you like fucking cartoon animals. It means you fucking like cartoon animals. <laughs> um, and then I go on to say, as far as internal stereotypes are concerned, as a border collie, I'm amazed by the number of children who fall into wells and expect me to save their lives. It's humiliating. Not all collies save children who have fallen into wells. Can we do something about this? Sincerely, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what Lassie can we do? wasn't even a border collie. She was like a different kind of collie. I think she, uh, yeah. I was thinking, it wasn't she like a golden retriever? But no, that doesn't sound right. Hold on. Let me look it up. I think she was like a Sheltie or something. <laughs> but, you know, she was a sheepdog. And yeah, so yeah, a fictional collie dog character. So she was a collie, not necessarily a border collie. So, you know, it's not really fair. Yeah. We should well, be treated um, in such fashion. You should just uh, not save people from wells. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Uh, I will okay, save good. your children if they fall down a well, but don't expect to get them back. I plan to eat them. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like it's like when I when I hear like a child who's in a well and it's like they're like, Christian, save me. I'm like, typical. And I just walk away. 
if your if your child falls on the cell in, in the well around me, I just won't go in there because the water will ruin my fur. I'll do it for a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do anything for a cookie. Will uh, you know? You're I think I think that sometime I need to get a sign and put it around my neck when I'm in fursuit, and it will say, "Will cute for cookies." <laughs> <laughs> there so you it'll go. be like a little homeless man sign. I should make make one of those. <laughs> I'll, I'll stand like out in the corner where Walmart is, where that guy <laughs> normally sits. People will come. We'll be like, "Here's a cookie. Be cute for you." <laughs> Good way to get cookies. Well, do we have anything more to say? We have another email. No. We- yes, we do. It was just sent to us. It's from Bernie Beanson, and it says, Are you considering starting to lose a weight loss program? <laughs> are you, are, make sure you choose the best one to start with. And then it has their link there. What damage, let's see, what damage away respectfully encounters round, round head dive application rows? Eloquently said. <laughs> Thank Barney you for Beeston. reinforcing the overweight furry stereotype. Dan real damage away respectfully encountered round-headed dive applications rose. <laughs> I could put that in like a photograph over some like mountains or something and post it to Facebook. <laughs> and everyone will like it. It spread like wildfire because it's just so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it, guys. That's a show. It's been pretty long, but any any last around. any last like things about stereotypes that you guys want to say? Let's go on around real quick. Remember, stereotypes are really just a joke. Don't take any of them seriously. If you do, people are going to laugh at you. Yeah. Ditto. Stereotypes. Just remember who you are, and that's what's important is who you are. Don't let what other people say and what their labels, you know, what they put on you affect on who you are. But be aware that those labels are out there. You know, as as nobility, uh, I have to make a clarification. Um, Clyde once said that a stereotype of big cats is that they're most easily raped. Um, I want to make a clarification that really... You have to fan me first. You have to take the big lease and just fan me for like a couple hours. Then you can rape me. See, so here's the thing. Big cats are easily raped because they expect it and they want it. So you can't rape them. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, that's it. Anything I, from our guests that you want to say about like what you've been doing and like, I don't know, like follow, follow Christian on Twitter. I think we covered that in the beginning, didn't we? We yeah. yeah. And then uh, yeah. Yuri, you does some amazing tells. If you I want do. to commission him, oh, how, yeah. how do I? How do you I commission you? You can find me on Fur Affinity under Yuriu. I actually had to change it so people could find me because it was totally different before. I would in have case to you say you don't know how to pronounce Yuriu since it sounds like it's Y U D U Y U D U. It's not. It's Y U U R Y U U. It'll be linked. So. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, there you uh, go. They have to worry about being eaten. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, I'm going to make notes. But, um, but yeah, his tells are the most amazing things I've ever seen. They're they get all, a lot of attention. They're uh, all scale. Um, so if you're a dragon and you want to, or even if you're not a dragon, 
if you're a scaly of any kind or a furry who likes scaled tails, then yeah, you can come to me. And get it from get it from him. What would you say would be about a a quote if I was to about about the tail like you have for my standard size tail? It's gonna be about two hundred dollars if you don't do anything complicated. To do a design like I have on mine, it'd probably add fifty, seventy five hundred dollars. So. It's so that's intense. that's really no offense, but I really think that that's chump change in comparison yeah. to the you quality it, that you would actually get. Yeah. When you if you actually go and look at my page and look at the pictures, you'll understand why they're so expensive. It it yeah. is uh it is mastercraft what we have here. Yes. Um. Yeah, like you're uh you're you're not looking at like a. Yeah. This this is the sound that they make. If you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you do jumping jacks, it they're would make essentially uh, tails that are made of individual scales less than an inch, you know, in, in width. And there is probably in his tail, probably I'd want to say over 500 scales used. Easily over 800. Easily over 800. And he has different colors and an actual distinguishable design. If somebody wants to get a keychain from you, how much would that cost? Well, I'm no longer calling them keychains. I'm not calling them dangles because I figured people heard keychain and, oh, I don't need a keychain or something like that. But I'm calling them dangles now so you can, like, put them on a backpack. I wonder what people associate with the word dangles. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, in the furry fandom, it might help sales. But, yeah, those are $15. I currently also do bracelets and I'm working on some other things. They're basically really, really small tails type thing. Yeah, the dangles are just, like, mini tails. So they're great for putting them on your keys <laughs> yeah. or putting it on your backpack or yeah. whatever. I, they did have a picture of some a while back on one of their previous episodes, like the Christmas special. Yeah. Could you I, I gave them one for free yeah. as a present because could you, could you they, were, they were my first ones, actually. Could you imagine like having like a Prince Albert and like hanging it out for your... <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> like, dangle, dangle, dangle. <laughs> okay, no. if anybody wants to do that and send me pictures. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else that our guests have for us? Sex. Sex is good. <laughs> Anyway, this really is going to be the end. You can email Rue at Rue at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. You can email me at Elias at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. Or you can email the podcast for just general emails at CastAtForWhatIt'sWorth.com. So um, what are we doing for next time? I don't know, but look at our website and we will talk about it and we will post it and make sure people know it on our Twitter and Facebook. If you're group. paying attention, you won't miss it. Yes, you can find us on Twitter under For What It's Worth our Facebook group and page under For What It's Worth. And you can go to our website, www.forwhatitsworth.com. Thank you, guys, and you have a wonderful day. This has been Elias. This has been Rue. And And this this has been been For What What It's Worth. Shit.